What's up, everyone? Welcome to Road Trip to Wellness, the movement created to encourage and inspire the union and action and healthy, of healthy ideas as you navigate your own personal journey to health and wellness. I am your host, Rona Dixon, and it is Wednesday, June 10th, and I'm so excited to be here on the podcast to talk to you guys about nutrition and food today. Have an amazing guest, uh, but first, I just wanted to check in with you all. I hope you guys are staying safe and well in the midst of this pandemic and civil unrest. I want you to know that I love you all, that I'm praying for you all. Uh, I'm sending good vibrations every day during my meditations. Uh, you guys are my intention every day um, when I come to the mat or when I come to um, my space to meditate. Uh, I am always thinking of every one of you um, and sending you love and light uh, and rest and peace uh, within your hearts and your minds. Uh, so just wanted to make sure that you all knew that. But you also know that you can come here to Road Trip to Wellness for simple, practical solutions uh, to your health and wellness idea, um, health and wellness needs. And hopefully, um, or maybe not, some of these things that you um, that are simple, practical solutions, they may be new ideas for you. Um, and that's the joy um, of being on your own personal journey um, and your road trip. Um, it it's, looks different for everyone. And so um, I just wanted to give you guys a platform just to come here. So if you're interested in talking to me about amazing things that you're doing in your community, um, we're talking to people everywhere. Um, I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and today we're going to have our guest, um, who is an amazing colleague of mine here in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, works heavy um, in the community, um, and now she does a lot of online and virtual work. Um, but I'm excited to share her with you in just a moment. Uh, but again, if you want to share your um, new ideas and things that you're using um, on your journey um, to health and wellness, um, give me a shout. Uh, I am on Instagram at Road Trip to Wellness. I am, you can email me at um, Rona R, the number two W at gmail.com. Uh, I am on Facebook as well under Road Trip to Wellness. You can hit me there. Um, but those are pretty much the um, spaces that you can find me. Um, so I'm excited to talk to each and every one of you and excited for you guys to meet my guest today. So I am here with my guest. Colleen Rocap, your certified vegan nutritionist, certified health coach, and certified whole foods plant-based nutrition educator. I am so happy to have you with us, Colleen. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to have you here at my home. I just moved, so Colleen's here with me today. Um, but so super excited to talk to you because um, I've worked in the community, um, worked in nonprofit for a very long time. Um, but um, recently, in the last four and a half, five years, um, did a lot of community work, um, working on nutrition, food access, food insecurity within our community here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Colin, I don't even remember how we met. I don't remember. How did how, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we met, but when I tell you I'm so happy that I met her, she just has an amazing brain and eye for educating um, people who are new to 
healthier lifestyles, um, trying to figure out ways to eat better, um, to shop better, all of those things, Colleen really does give simple, practical solutions um, to your needs. And so I'm so excited to, I would say, share her with you guys. So understand that I'm sharing her. Cannot have her. <laughs> Nobody cannot. <laughs> yeah. I was trying Here, to give her close. But welcome. Tell us, tell us all about you. And tell us what you're doing, Colleen. What's happening? What is happening with me? What's not happening? Um, well, yeah, it's been quite the journey for me. Um, and like Rona was saying, um, I I tried to do my best to specialize in helping people um, who are new to healthy living. And that's something that I'm passionate about because that was a big deal for me. Um, I did not grow up in a very healthy environment. And mom, I love you. Um, <laughs> we actually we had a really big conversation about that. She felt very bad about it. And I was like, mom, you know, when you don't know better. You don't know. You can't, you can't do, do better. better. You can't. So, I mean, that's, that's the case for a lot of us, right? Um, where our parents didn't necessarily know. So now as adults or even, you know, teenagers, however old you are, um, we we struggle to figure that out. So um, I've taken what I've learned from my journey, a lot of it by mistake even, um, but just yeah, I'm, I'm trying to take what I've learned and share it with other people to make it simple. Um, and I I try to keep my mindset in the same spot. Like, you know, Absolutely. I can easily dig super deep into it and be like next level healthy, but I think it's important um, to always just keep things simple. So that is what I share. Thank you, um, because I do think that has been, um, in my experience in working in the communities here in Indianapolis, um, I worked for the YMCA uh, and then going to the Urban League and then other places. But especially when I was at the Y, um, we really did look for those people who were what we called health seekers there. And so they're looking for solutions. And sometimes what I did learn too moving into my other work in community health, that people did have some tools that they were using, but they didn't maybe know how to piece them all together. Um, there's so much information. So do I do this? Do I do that? Um, there's so many new lifestyles that have come out. And Colleen and I were just talking about them. Paleo and keto. And you're being, you know, you're being slammed with so much information and you don't know which way to go. Yeah. So that would probably be one of my first questions. And then wanting to hear how you got, because um, you are vegan, how you got to veganism. Um, but how do how do people even begin to choose a healthy lifestyle? Like, what is a healthy lifestyle, first of all? Um, and then how do they get there to choose what's best for them? Yeah. Um, I would say a healthy lifestyle is different for everyone. Um, there is no, like, set in stone perfect thing to do. Every body is different. Um, however, you know, just based on science, we do know that there are certain things that are uh, very beneficial to do. So... Um, you were saying, you know, how do we, how do we figure this out? Um, well, I guess maybe a little bit of background on me. Um, I had a lot of health issues. Um, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, which is basically where you just develop a ton of cysts on your ovaries, very painful and not a fun experience. Um, I had depression, migraines, um, irritable bowel syndrome, like oh, wow. mm -hmm. all these different things going on. Mm -hmm. Basically, mm -hmm. my body just screaming at me like something's not right here. Um, I had no idea what to do about it. I didn't have any resources, um, you know, even like doctors. You know, they're not going to, in a lot of cases, they're not going to give you 
or they're not going to educate you because they don't have time or maybe they don't even know themselves mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. on how to fix your own problems. They're just going to give you medications. So um, I took a lot of medications and everything. Anyway, um, someone introduced me to a book about veganism. I tried that out. That's how I got into it. But basically what I learned is that um, the best way to come to these conclusions is just on your own, doing your own research, but then also not being afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can really speed stuff up with your health. Um, if you can connect with people who really do care um, and have the knowledge to help you and then be opening to listening to that, mm -hmm. uh, or be open to listening to that, uh, and challenging your own thoughts on what is healthy, what is not. Um, well, I feel like we should back up. What was the other part of your yeah. question? Well, no, no. Just so when they're choosing a healthy lifestyle, how do they know which direction to go in? And I think that is that is perfect. It's listening. You know, you have to get to a place where you can even know what is happening. And you and I were just having that conversation before we started recording that um, food is connected to so much, first of all. And um, you even said that, you know, I mean, food is certainly not the end all be all to everything, but it is should factor in. It's a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about why you feel that? Um, and again, if somebody is choosing a lifestyle to kind of move toward, how do we do that in the best way? Well, that depends on where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you already have a lot of information, a lot of trusted resources, people to help you, like it's generally a lot easier. But if you're like really starting from square one, mm -hmm. um, you know, Definitely doing your research, but figuring out what resources are credible. Um, that's tough. So, like, I like to say that the internet is like a diaper. Um, it's very practical, has a lot of good uses, can do good things, but it's also, like, really full of shit in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, like, be skeptical. Think about where your information's coming from. Um, so, you know, if you're getting your information off of a website where somebody's making money off of supplements mm -hmm. or anything, um, be skeptical of that. You know, like one of my favorite websites is nutritionfacts.org. Um, Dr. Michael Gregor's devoted his entire life to educating people and literally doesn't make a penny off of anything that he mm -hmm. does. Like every dollar he makes from his books, from his website, um, goes into charity. So it's not like a personal thing. But, um, Your website, actually, though, too, has a lot of resources on there for people. And that's really what your website is, Salubrious, is uh, a resource for people to come to to get recipes, um, just information. So, um, yeah, plug herself, too, because a, it is great. That's a place to start. Um, and Nutrition <laughs> Facts is on there. So I, and I'm going to redo the website soon, but um, just to make it more, like, user-friendly. But um, it's separated in different sections. So, like, let's say... Um, the first thing you want to look to is information. So there's a hub in there that says, here are good places to get your info from because these are credible resources that have been using evidence-based, peer-reviewed information uh, to educate other people and they don't have any type of personal uh, you know, benefit. There's no like profit happening. So um, that's one area. Or then there's the recipe section, mm -hmm. um, which I'm wanting to boost that a little bit and kind of divide it into different sections. So like maybe um, I'll have a section for somebody who's just getting into plant-based eating where it's mm -hmm. like maybe they're eating more meat and cheese substitutes, um, dairy in general. 
all these different things and then kind of the next step forward where you're trying to do more whole foods plant-based and um, but whether it's my website and there's plenty of other amazing people out there you know trying to find a website that you can trust and people that you can trust um, to get your information from and then uh, I'd say probably the most important part of getting started is just taking it a day at a time uh, knowing that doing it overnight is mm-hmm. not sustainable or Absolutely. realistic for most people and I think that's where people get hung up is they want to see the results immediately. Yeah. Um, and they, two days later, it's like, ah, I can't do it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, I'm a really good example of that. So I went 100% vegan overnight, um, which was incredible in a way. Like I remember calling my dad a week after I did this. I made the shift um, and being like, I'm pretty sure I'm high right now. (laughs) I I feel so good. I can't believe this. Um, But, you know, like, of course I felt better because I got away from fast food and all these different things, but it still wasn't eating, like, a healthy, healthy diet. Mm -hmm. And we were Um, just discussing that as well. So can you share with us how you kind of navigated your way to get to veganism? What did you try on along the way? And what did that look like along the way for you? So when I started, I mean, I basically just ate a lot of the same foods that I was eating, but vegan. Mm. So like the meat substitutes, cheese substitutes, um, a lot of that stuff, which is a great way to start out. But like for me, I did that and then I didn't do much more research. Mm. So like I was telling you earlier, seven and a half years in, suddenly I just felt terrible. Um, And it's funny because I was actually working in a raw food vegan restaurant, but I didn't understand nutrition, so my diet was completely unbalanced. Mm. I was basically eating, like, nothing but fat and stimulants, and um, I was eating no grains, which are just, you know, a pivotal part of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, really bizarre, because you would think that I would be feeling my best working there. but uh, And I was also, like, completely stressed out. So um, felt terrible and then was convinced by someone to go paleo, but, you know, had I had that had more of a background in nutrition to know that I wasn't balancing my diet than I would have done better. So like, mm-hmm. that's why I don't really necessarily <clears throat> recommend going hundred percent vegan overnight. Like right. do your research and then just give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. So like Absolutely. You one change, like you stop drinking milk, just, mm-hmm. you know, like switch to soy milk or almond milk, or whatever it's going to be for a week. See how that is. The yeah. Next week, try something else new. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just put some time in it and don't hesitate to, uh, you know, like, don't beat yourself up if you're not doing it perfectly. And there's no perfect anything. Yeah, absolutely not. Don't feel like you have to. Because it is hard. My sister um, just started transitioning, uh, and she started off immediately with vegan. Um, and I was like, that's not going to be. Um, but she did try it. She She did it for a week, and then she did say, this is a lot. Can I just do vegetarian? And I said, you can do whatever you want. And so I think that's what people need to know and understand, Colleen. And I think, I I know that's why I've loved working with you um, and several other people um, when I was doing community health is we're giving people all of the options um, and things are moving and shifting so much, especially now, um, and not just about food and things like that, but we were presented with things back in the day like um, myplate.gov and um, I know Colleen's I know. I know, how to, I know how to get her. 
And then the SAD diet, so the standard American diet, um, how is that changing um, in your work that you're doing? Are you seeing a shift in that, that people are moving away from that? Were, were those good things? Are those things that people should still be looking at, you know, as um, a good guideline for themselves and their families? Um, well, this is thoughts? probably a controversial thing to say, but... Um, <laughs> I think a lot of us would agree that the government isn't always looking out for us and certainly not looking out for um, certain kinds of people. So, like, for example, I wrote down because I don't want to mess up the numbers. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, so, okay, so, like, with lactose intolerance, um, 75 to 95% of uh, African-American and Asian ethnicities are lactose intolerant. Wow. Yet... On the MyPlate sheet, it recommends that everyone has three servings of dairy per day. Wow. So naturally, everyone's thinking like, oh, well, this must be healthy, and if mm -hmm. I'm not having it, I'm not healthy. So like, even if it upsets my stomach, or like, some people are lactose intolerant, and they don't necessarily have like very um, obvious symptoms, but... Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the government's really looking out for everyone <laughs> in that case. So, um, personally, and based on my own research, I don't really agree with a lot of what's on there. Um, so, in that case, I was trying to think of what else there would be. Um, well, and hold on, what was the beginning of your question? There was something else you'd ask, like, about Just in my experience. Um well, and, and I really, I definitely saw that. So, like, when I was um, health coaching in a one-on-one -on -one setting in a hospital, uh, I would, while I couldn't tell people not to eat dairy, mm -hmm. when I explained to them, like, that fact that I just told you, um, it would really set off those light bulbs, and then people would make their own decision mm -hmm. and say, mm -hmm. okay, well, now that I've been educated on this, I'm aware, um, I, maybe I'll just cut out dairy for, like, or even cut back on dairy um, for a week and see what happens. And then they would notice these amazing changes in their health. Like their skin would clear up suddenly. Their yes. skin felt better. Like bloating went away, all these different things. Um, and of course losing weight. There's, there are so many benefits to it. So they would notice that and then, um, make their own decisions. But yeah, I got a lot of shit. <laughs> for, I'm sure. I'm for sure. Doing that. Um, cause I'm not a registered dietitian, but, when the patients that I had that I shared with dietitians would make these changes um, on their own based on the education they were getting from me versus what the dietitian was telling them, dietitians didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But there's just so much that people should know and should have access to in order to make informed decisions. And I just don't think um, that we're giving them all of that. For example, I just, um, just before you got here, I went down the street, um, Washington street, I'm a little more East now, um, versus being in Fishers or being even, um, centrally located on central, um, downtown. Uh, but went to the save a lot over there and even the CVS, um, was completely different than what I have seen in other areas. The things that are available in the stores um, are much different. I mean, even, and I'll say a lot, I was just, and even as, as I'm in there, because I know Colleen, I'm like, Colleen would be like, what is this stuff in here? 
what is this stuff in here? Because you you are, you're walking through and you're like, this is not cool. People, it's not right. It's not even that it's not cool. It's not right that people don't have access to fresh, healthy, and the things that they do have. Still got wrap snacks in there, Colleen. What? Well, and you know, these communities are targeted for sure um, because the companies that are creating these foods, or as I like to say, edible food-like objects, um, they know, they do research, and they put a lot of money into figuring out where people lack access to healthy food, and they just market the hell out of it. Yeah, there. yeah. And they, they fill these places full of that food. So, like, you know, if someone can't get to a grocery, or they can only get there once a month, and then mm-hmm. obviously when it comes to fresh food, like, that's a serious problem. Um, if, if their option is to go to Save-A-Lot or the gas station or whatever, like, they are at the mercy of whatever food is available. And Absolutely. that's where these junk food companies mm-hmm. step in. Um, they know. They know exactly what they're doing. Well, it's very, very, very frustrating. Uh, and so moving into just the connection to chronic disease and terrible food options... Uh, in your experience, Colleen, um, and what you're seeing, even with your clients today, experience, um, because I'm sure people are, that they, they, there's even less of a lack of access to things um, because of COVID. We've been yeah. dealing with that the last couple months, and people are dealing with um, chronic conditions already. How are they maintaining those and managing those? Hopefully, they're not getting worse. Um, but what are you seeing or are you hearing anything or are you noticing any trends or anything like that? Yeah. Um, so definitely access is an issue for everyone right now, I feel like, um, but in different ways. So um, like when this first hit and things like grocery delivery weren't really up yet, um, even the affluent were struggling to get groceries. So it, it was just really interesting seeing people who are not used to having lack of access to food, like hmm. completely freaking out about it. Yeah. Um, so, and hopefully that builds a lot of awareness around that. Um, but yeah, with COVID, like we, we have to make shifts. So that people like me are helping people figure out, um, how to eat more non-perishable foods, which luckily a lot of them are actually really healthy foods, like mm-hmm. your dried grains and beans, um, or frozen vegetables and whatnot. Um, but yeah, the, the access issues are obviously yeah. so much worse yeah. now. So much worse now. Um, are you seeing with your clients, um, online or that you're seeing in person, if you are seeing private clients, um, how are they dealing with this, um, when it comes to food and the options that they have available to them? Um, are they able to keep up with, um, whatever lifestyle that they've been, um, trying to manage as best as they could or struggling with, um, what have you noticed or seen there? Uh, it's a struggle for sure. Um, and what I, what I try to tell people is just to focus on what you can do, like what is within your control. So like I did have a lot of clients who were really getting into healthy eating, say like a month or a couple weeks, even before COVID hit. And then all of a sudden they're like, now what do I do? Like I can't even access the stuff I want. So, um, and it was already hard. I'm sure getting there. Yeah, so focusing on what we can control and then just making those shifts and what they're eating, um, even if it's, like, 
literally just one ingredient. You yeah. Think if you can mm-hmm. choose brown rice over white rice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you can do, um, I mean, that, that really is the best that you can do. Absolutely. But, and interestingly enough, um, I just heard recently that red meat sales went up, which I thought the opposite would happen. No, Colleen. There was no meat in any of the stores. That's <laughs> which was exciting for me because I was like, I don't eat that no way. I want the greens over here. So thank you very much for going over there. I mean, but seriously, you I was looking at people like, are y'all for real? Yes. And that is not no. But this goes to show though, with marketing and everything, like what have people been taught that to be strong and healthy, Absolutely. we need things like red meat. Um, so and then people are when they did have access to it, they were buying like as much as they could. Absolutely. Um, so really, that's definitely created a shift in some people, um, health-wise. Absolutely. So like cholesterol going mm-hmm. up. But mm-hmm. then again, like I had a, a client the other day who her her cholesterol dropped like it was something insane. It was like a hundred points um, because she had lacked access to meat. Um, and a couple other products that she was eating a lot of, and she's like, well, I've basically just been eating... Plants! Yeah, just plant foods, (laughs) and look what happened. Yeah. Um, so it's so different for everyone, it's hard to really say. And and plus, like, I'm coaching people all over the world, like, New Zealand, China, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. just everywhere. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's been, it's great, and it's, man, it's been so interesting to see how different places are affected. I bet, I bet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. Well... I know, and I know that you know this as well as we're talking about this, just in our communities that we work with around here and in the African-American community, um, it is so hard to break down the barrier of the word healthy. Like, people run from me, Colleen, when they see me coming. (laughs) It is not fun uh, because they know who I am. They know what I'm coming to say. Or when you walk in the room, like if it's your family or anything like that, and they're getting something to eat, I mean, everybody's always like, she's like, I know you're watching me. Like, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. But how do we break down that stigma attached to the word healthy? Especially when people are suffering and the disparities are so great. Uh, but still, there is, I don't know what people think is going to happen. I don't <laughs> understand. Well, it's emotional. Um, making change is hard. Mm-hmm. Any kind of change. But especially food. I don't know what it is. But, like, food is extra emotional. You know, take away somebody's bacon. Uh, right. <laughs> they will fight you. They will. So, um, that, it's such a hard thing to change. And then I feel like, especially in the African-American community, too, when we have... Things like soul food, Um, Mm -hmm. that is connected to deep, deep roots within culture. And also food is amazing. You know, it's like the most amazing example of being creative Mm -hmm. throughout the most difficult times in history. Um, You know, like remembering that before being put through all that trauma, like what was the original way of eating? Mm. It was healthy. Mm. You know, healthy eating is not a white person. It's mm-hmm. just something that white people, just like everything else, took from mm-hmm. a lot of different cultures. Absolutely. Um, so, just remembering, like, it is, no matter who you are, what color you are, 
Um, being healthy is a birthright. Absolutely. So, uh, and actually, thank you. Yes, I had that. Oh, that was good, Colleen. Thanks. Um, I wanted to read this little part of the speech from Eric Adams. I was telling you earlier, he's the president of the Brooklyn Borough, um, and I believe this was at like a diabetes conference um, that was covering um, all the health disparities with. Native Americans and African Americans. Um, he said, what the issue is, more than just an eating habit, um, is regaining our rightful place as people who understood uh, the land and ate from the land, people who appreciated nature and understood the human connection that we had. It's about regaining our right. We were fed food that destroyed us and who we are and took away the dignity that came from being healthy, intelligent people. Now is the time, I believe, to regain our rightful place in, of being connected with nature, connected to our health. We should not be living with diabetes, high blood pressure, and all chronic diseases that are running rampant through our society. That should not be the legacy of our children. Let's regain our right to be healthy and raise healthy children and families in the process. Absolutely. So, thank you, Eric Adams. Thank you, Eric <laughs> Adams. I don't know who you are, but I agree. Um, just eating from the land because to be quite honest um, and I, I think I shared this with you um, recently right after I was transitioning from uh, my job that um, I forgot about the land that my family well, now you have a farm. had yeah we've always well, had the farm. the farm and you literally forget because of all of the things that are put in front of your face to distract you from eating off of literally your land. Yep. Your land. Yep. <laughs> so it has been an amazing eye opener for me um, to remember and really help my family and everyone else um, that I can uh, remember how necessary it is and how great it can be um, to eat off of the land and really get back to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been an amazing discovery. Yeah. Well, so. um, you know, Tracy McWhorter, uh, she's the Ageless Vegan. Um, mm -hmm. I've of her. I can't remember if she's, oh, God, that's a really big range. I want to say, like, 50s, 60s, 70s? I don't know. All right, well, no, she wouldn't be 70s because I think her mom is in her 80s. Um, two African-American women who, I mean, like, as their title says, ages vegan, like, they do not look anywhere near Amazing. their age. But, um, they, where was I going with that? Um, they talk a lot about that, like, getting back to the land, like, even using the, the food that they're eating, um, as a form of social justice. But, um, I do this all the time. I have so many thoughts going through my head. Like, as okay. you're talking about we have lots of stuff. time to talk about it all. Um, but I had a good drink there. Uh, um, well, and it had to do with, like, the fears, too. But, yeah, really just, like, remembering that it is, like, your land. You're right. Like, not, not looking at it um, as, like, you know, I need to keep eating this way because this is, like, how my family, like, all these generations have been eating for mm -hmm. the past however many years, mm -hmm. um, but looking at it in a way of, like, I can change this. Absolutely. I can get back to how it Absolutely. was. Like, this is my food, and my health is my right, and people 
took that mm -hmm. from you. Um, I was sharing with um, someone else that I spoke with earlier today. Um, I'm reading Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Queen Afua is, but um, an amazing nutrition educator, um, African-American woman that has been teaching these principles, um, the African principles and African ways of um, holistic living for years, um, way ahead of her time, I feel like. Um, but they're speaking of just eating from the land and um, talking about food. I think we get hung up on taste and look, you know, I, I think I put that in the, the note that I sent you that people were always saying, um, I don't want to be eating vegetables all the time, or I'm told that I eat bird food or um, things like that. Um, but how do we redefine that? Um, and what do you feel like you're doing to kind of help change the messages for people and really redefine what wellness looks like in our communities for people? Um, it comes to food, definitely, um, and in general. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, you just, You've got to be open to change, right? So seeing something differently. Um, and, and that is tough, like, especially, like, literally the color of your plate's changing from what I would call the tan blands. That's going to mm -hmm, be, like, all mm -hmm. these brown and yellow foods um, to this really colorful plate, like the bird food, all this green stuff. And um, But I think what, like, and that is a big shock, and it was a big shock for me when I went through it. Um, and then, like, your taste buds at first are just completely thrown off. Mm -hmm. and you're not used to these things. But just remembering, like, that's going to change over time. Your taste buds will change. Um, but I think getting back to your why. Like, mm -hmm. why you know that these bird foods and things are healthy for you. The, the information is there. Um, what is really holding you back? Like, get into the mental part of it. Mm -hmm. And then why would it be better for you? Like what's going to help you get through those weird foods um, until they become normal foods? Mm -hmm. So for like for a lot of people, that's their kids. Like we were talking about legacy mm -hmm. um, or well, Eric Adams was. So for a lot of people, they say, I want to be healthy for my kids. I want them to be healthy so that they're not dealing with the same health problems that I have. Um, or I want to be a better example for my community. I mean, there are so many different reasons um, but just having that mindset of knowing like this is going to be hard, Yes. but I've mm -hmm. also been through way harder things in my life. Mm -hmm. like everyone has. Um, and I think people sometimes come to when they don't have any other options mm -hmm. that happened with my sister. Um, just sorry, keys. I know I'm bringing you up a lot, but I'm so proud of you. Um, she's made great changes like in the last three weeks, but pain a lot. And all the time, yeah. and you know why, but you still keep in the pain cycle for a long time. And you say you don't know why, but you're in the pain cycle, and you keep. It's re. It's like that is mental health. Listen to what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Well, and even pain, like physical pain, um, I've noticed for a lot of people, and as strange as it sounds, pain is comforting. Mm -hmm. So, and it, like that doesn't make sense, but. Here's how I try to make sense well, if of it. That, if that's your normal. If that is your story. Yes. That is what you're comfortable with. Colleen, and that's true. While people may not um, be seeking pity, um, you know, if, it's not like they're saying, oh, you know, I'm uncomfortable all the time. Everything hurts, blah, blah, blah. And, and I hate this. They're not like, they may not be saying that to get someone's sympathy or empathy. Um, but 
when that is their story, and that's mm-hmm. what they're used to saying all mm-hmm. the time, to say that something's different, that they've changed something, like, that's that can be a scary thing. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that since we're there, but food and emotions and food, you know, just what that connection is. So we're talking about chronic disease, but when we're talking about mental health and emotions, um, what can you tell us about that? Um, well, like, I guess at a scientific level, we do know that there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. Mm. So uh, basically when our guts are not in a good place and we don't have a lot of these um, healthy gut bugs, whatever you want to call them, microbiome, um, which, and, and that's built up through eating a lot of fibrous plant foods, um, that affects our brains. So Fibrous plant food, people. Yes. You hear that? You need it. <laughs> yes, and just for anyone who's not aware, um, this is something that I uh, ran into a lot when I was at the hospital, is that people think that uh, animal foods have fiber, because you hear the term muscle fibers. Mm. It is not the same Absolutely. type of fiber. Like Animal foods do not contain fiber. Yeah. So... So um, we're looking for plant food fiber, like the fibers that you get that are left behind. Is this a good example? Fibers that are left behind after you juice, like all of that yeah, stuff that's, that's in there. Yeah, that's like the skeleton of yes. the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. Well, and I always have to, I try to use visual, I've been doing this, I've been fighting a long time with people for a long time, Colleen, so... I have to pull out all the arsenal that I can to think of. So, yeah, I've gotten pretty good at trying to think of examples. Please do, because I've stolen some of your things, too. You know how you've (laughs) helped me as well. So, Uh, But, yeah, it's just I think people, like you said, they don't understand this versus that. Um, So, Well, there's that that gut connection with mental health, and then some people even argue that when you are eating animal products and these animals have been through all the suffering, Mm -hmm. um, that there's like like you are eating and absorbing um, not only the hormones that are generated. It's like if you want to be more scientific about it, they're eating all of these hormones that they generated when they were going through the trauma of being murdered, um, and you know, and like in those last moments before their death, like all this adrenaline and everything that's mm-hmm, coming out mm-hmm. in fear. Um, but then there's, you know, I the don't more, believe that, Colleen. Yeah. You know, people um, have a hard time. In which, so, and that's why I like saying from a more scientific perspective, mm-hmm. like, okay, Absolutely. if you know how you feel when mm-hmm. you're in a traumatic situation, like, you can literally feel those hormones coming up, and that stuff gets trapped in the Absolutely. things that we're eating. But if you want to go to a more woo-woo level, then some people will say, like, you're basically eating the experiences of these animals, which wow. I don't, you know, I'm not an expert on any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it's true, but, but um, if we're just keeping it at emotion mm-hmm. and at feeling, we know that these animals feel emotion as well. So there you go. Yeah. People. So we say, you know, you are what you eat. Absolutely. And I was just thinking the same thing. Trauma. And then you have your own trauma. So like all this stuff really compounds. Um, and then of course, you know, if you're eating other things within these animal products, like, all the different drugs that they're being fed or mm-hmm. the toxic things they're absorbing um, from like absorbing the waste of other animals or the chemicals. Like there's just, there's so much. Um, so let's say you're eating, um, you know, the, all the chemicals that they've eaten. So that's in your body. Absolutely. Now what's your body doing? It's mm-hmm. fighting all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like your liver's mm-hmm. trying to process it all out. Mm-hmm. There's just so much toxicity. And I, a lot of people don't, they don't know. That's just what I can't even get it out because 
if you don't know that information and if you don't understand that, you have no idea what is happening in your body. Yeah. And so that's what I feel like is happening. Well, that's what I know happens is we are suppressing all of these. Like we can't even, we have so much to sift through to even get to how we're feeling. And I, and I shared that with you earlier too. Um, I had that experience. Just what is once you start to clean out all of the fogginess, because um, we do not grain brain. Um, I read that with the book club um, last year. Just, you know, the heaviness that you feel from all of those types of foods um, that are just really suppressing those emotions. And once you start to clean out all of that, not only are you detoxing your body, but it's an emotional detox as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and sure. so in your experience, have you seen that happen with people? Is that something normal that happens? Should we expect that? For sure. Um, I would say at first the changes that you see are definitely more physical. Um, so, like, when people are eating a lot more fiber, there's the basic things that happen. Like, suddenly uh, they're pooping all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but they're, they're purging that way. Yeah. Um, or even, like, throwing up. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that can happen. Um, but emotionally, um, yeah, you know, it can be really confusing and again, I'm not an expert on this, but when people are like, I guess it can go two ways where they feel as though, um, like where I, I felt like I was so happy. My body was just really happy, probably from the fact that it was uh, like my inflammation and everything was going down. Um. I felt really good, but then other people, they have all these suppressed emotions and because they're purging everything else from their body, mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. their body's like, ha, huh, I can take a break from dealing with just trying to survive. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'm getting into the deeper parts of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's totally normal to suddenly feel emotional uh, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And it could be really uncomfortable and suck, but, you know, just like, um, so... And, and I, I think the connection there would be that there are some people who change their diet who are already eating, like, pretty high-quality foods. And then there's the people who are eating your sad diet, the standard mm-hmm, American mm-hmm, diet. So mm-hmm. lots of salt, sugar, fat. Um, and those are highly addictive foods. So just like with um, a drug addict, you know, if they're going through the withdrawal of what they are addicted to, it sucks. It does suck. It does. <laughs> it I mean, caffeine for me was... Just to sit here, because coffee is my thing in the morning, you know, but being at home and being busier, you know, just around the house doing things, you wake up in the morning, your routine kind of changes, um, and your lifestyle is different now. I'm not going in the office or anything like that, and so you feel like you don't need the same things, and noticing that I didn't need coffee like that was amazing, but coming off of it wasn't, I mean... Yes, I noticed I didn't need it like that, but dang, you know, what was happening to me, just headaches and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. Your sleep affected? It was. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take a lot to affect my sleep, but Mm -hmm. um, yes, it was. It was affected. It's amazing how even just one ingredient Mm -hmm. can make such a big difference. One ingredient, one food. Um, Yeah, I went through a similar experience with coffee. Yeah. Now I'm down to, I used to do every day, a couple times a day, and now it may be a couple times a week. Like, I didn't drink coffee today, and it didn't bother me at all. You know, I just, 
Man, I told you I cut out coffee for like a couple months, and this morning I was like, whoa. And that's been last week, not really sleeping well. I want to try to be on my game today, and I did consume coffee, and oh my god. And then, as you can see, like from the first part of this podcast, my brain's like all over the place. And so, um, yeah, it's it can be really tough yeah. taking things out of your diet, but that's where, like I was saying earlier, giving yourself grace, like Absolutely. knowing there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that your body's going through a lot of changes. Like, you should never expect yourself to just go into any major change yeah. in a... It'll be uh, a transition. ...graceful way, so. And speaking of transitions, Colleen, which is one reason why I love her so much, she really helps with the transitions when people are trying to figure out food, when they're trying to figure out a lifestyle and trying to figure out what to do, just the basics on how do I make this healthy, you know, I'm doing air quotes, how do I make this healthy switch in a simple, easy way? And one thing I love about Colleen, I mentioned her website, um, salubrious.info, and she has all types of recipes um, on there, but she also has, and this is what I I worked with Colleen several times, um, or a lot, with our clients um, at the organization that I worked with, because you are amazing at creating infographics and educational material for individuals that are colorful and simple to read. Um, you do it in different languages and people can literally take one of, she has all different kinds of things, um, but they can take your infographic and build their food bowl, um, like a, a veggie bowl. Or it, she does all kinds of amazing things. But you literally give them um, in graphics, step by step, all of the choices that you can choose to, here's your foundation for this, and here's your foundation for this, and then you add this, and you add this. And I remember having you several times um, when we worked with Tabernacle Presbyterian Church um, for our fresh shop that we were doing. Um, So we did farmer's markets at the church, and we had chefs that would come, and whatever was in their produce share basket that week, the chef that was the guest chef that was there that week would take what was in that produce basket and create some meal. And Colleen always came with the business. Uh, She was in the kitchen and she was cooking, but she always had amazing infographics for people to use. Tell us about all of that and why you feel it is so important um, for people to have good nutrition information and all of the, resources and supplies that they need to be healthy? Well, I should probably start off by saying that, A, I'm not a chef. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people get confused because, like, they'll see my pictures on Instagram. But Um, she is a certified vegan nutritionist. Yes, but still not a chef. Um, I'm also, like... She can cook, so follow her, too, on Instagram. I, I cook because I learn from other cooks. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's really important to point out because, like, it's not that I grew up cooking. Mm-hmm. No, I spent a lot of my childhood, like I, I ate at McDonald's so much as a child that I had mm-hmm. a song for my order. Like my mom would roll down the window and I would sing it. And I'd be like, Colleen's here. She's getting her chicken nugget happy meal with a diet Coke. Like, oh my gosh, Colleen. Yeah. So um, I did not grow up learning how to cook. And uh, this is still something that I deal with as an adult. And I, you know, in steps, I'm 
challenging to myself, even just to try new ingredients. Yeah. Things. Like, I'm still in the same place as a lot of But you do people. such cool stuff, Colleen, and we'll what? give you the information. Follow her on Instagram at Colleen Eats Plants. Because she is always doing something amazing with some amazing food, with some amazing drink, and you just like zhuzh it and make it amazing and healthy. Well, the the zhuzh, um, usually that's so that's a laziness thing. So the two <laughs> things that I was gonna say, like A, I'm not a chef, but B, I'm extremely lazy and I don't have a lot of skills. Like I, I'm always trying to teach myself something new. Yeah. Um, I really seek out different bloggers or recipe books, whatever people who like specifically are targeting. A market of people like me who yeah. don't, um, you know, want to make spend, it simple. Yeah, yeah. People, people who want to make it simple. So, um, yeah. and I do love that you do make that very clear. Um, and I think that's what if people are starting off and transitioning into this new healthy lifestyle, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking to be in the kitchen for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. They want step by step on what to do, the simplest, easiest things to do, and especially if you're cooking for not just yourself, but for your entire family. You may have, I mean, maybe they're not on the bandwagon to, you know, to eat with you, but. Well, and so, like, for example, with these uh, Fresh Slap recipes, I can't really even take credit for those. It's just that I got this list and say there's 12 ingredients on it. Like, I'm not somebody who throws ingredients together. That's not my specialty. So, you know, I would plug in these ingredients to Google and then see what recipes would come up that look like standard recipes that people would eat mm. so um and I can't remember the recipes that I used that was so long ago um but then what I would do is healthify that mm-hmm. so taking really basic principles like knowing the fact that uh, one tablespoon of oil is generally 120 calories and a lot of recipes call for a ton of oil so like oh and then we also know the impact that has on the cardiovascular system so like maybe that's not an ingredient I want to include. Mm-hmm. So how do I cut that out in this certain recipe? Um, or let's say it's like a, a standard chicken dish. So then in that case, I would just say, all right, what's a substitute, an easy substitute for chicken here? Um, and depending on where I'm teaching the class, because like jackfruit isn't the most accessible food item. Yes, absolutely. That could yeah. be jackfruit. Um, it could also just be tofu um, or mushroom. Quick question on jackfruit. I was watching an, a YouTube thing the other day. Are you good with packaged jackfruit? Because I get packaged meats and stuff, or I'm not packaged. I'm going to say like canned chicken. I can't do it. I used to have a lady that used to do that that I used to work with. Tuna is one thing. Chicken, I ain't going to do chicken in a can. So you know what I mean? So is I've seen jackfruit in different forms. So is there a wrong or a right when we're talking jackfruit? Well, there's a couple different ways that it's going to come. So some of them are pre-seasoned and everything. Mm-hmm. Those generally are not that healthy because there's a ton of oil and a ton of sugar usually, and lots of salt, which obviously is really bad for the heart. Darn. Um, and, and like in the high fat content, like while the jackfruit doesn't have a high fat content, um, the oils and things added mm-hmm. to it Absolutely. are going to be higher. Um, so that's a major problem with diabetes. Um, you know, fat is at the heart of what causes diabetes. So it, that's that's like one of those tricky things too. I'd be like, oh, great, I, I'm doing myself such a favor by mm-hmm. avoiding uh, chicken or whatever, but then they're adding in other ingredients that are kind of negating that in a way. Um, so, and then when it comes to the canned stuff, um, that's what I usually go for, but I try to find, one, find ones that are lower mm-hmm. in sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, especially if you have a heart condition, watch out for sodium. 
Um, and then you can do things too to try to cut back on that by like making sure that you rinse it really well. And, um, but doing the best that you can with what you have still like whatever plant-based source you're eating, 9.9 times out of, t out of 10, it's going to be way healthier than the original Absolutely. animal ingredient. Absolutely. And that's what I tell people. I always use the example of just a carrot. I'm like, uh, and you taught me this, you and Shelby taught me just on the back of a package. Um, if there are a gazillion ingredients. It's like a science experiment. Yeah, that's what you guys always said. You're like, don't eat that. Do you know what that is? And when you ask people that, do you know what that is? Oh, no. One of my favorite things to do. And you're like, yeah, I don't either. So why am I eating it? Yeah. Um, so when I used to spend more time with kids, like that was really hard uh, to kind of translate that to them because they're so used to seeing all these different chemicals and stuff. Like it just doesn't even register, you know, to them that's food. Oh. So what I would do. Oh, I had, oh. <laughs> oh. It's, it's, yeah, it sucks, but it's just, that's how it is. That's what we're used to seeing. So oh. I would take um, a jar and I would put on it. Uh, like monosodium glutamate, and then they're like, "Okay, read to me what that is." And like, well, monos, you know, like they can't even really get it out. And I was like, "Okay, so that's probably your first sign that this might not be an actual food." Um, now drink that, and like, and I'd put, like, I don't know, like turmeric or something in the water that was inside of this bottle, mm -hmm. so it looked like crazy looking. And I'd be like, "No, why? Ew, I'm not gonna drink that. It looks like chemicals." Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, well. Now, looking at this food package, like let's say it was Takis or something, we've got that. that I just saw at Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've got that plus this plus all these different things that we yes. can And now it's like, why, when you're looking at it in this single form, are you, you know, like, let's make the connection there that mm -hmm. these are not actual foods. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately, like, not a lot of people have choices. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I, it brought to mind what I had to remember when I first started working um, in community health is I had my, my friend Johanna. She said, because I was talking to kids, going to talking to them about all of these different things. And she said, you're going to have to get the parents because my son, I buy the food. Yeah. He is eating what I tell him to eat. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know then they're not going to know. So we're only in, like you said, like your mom and my parents, you know, we're passing on information that we think we're doing the right thing, you know, yeah. and we're doing the best that we can do with what we have and what we have been given. Um, so it is, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. And it, um, there was a program I was working with for a while that worked <clears throat> solely with kids, um, younger, much younger kids uh, who wouldn't have any influence on their parents. Um, and I ended up leaving that for various reasons. But um, that was like one of the things that drove me the most crazy because we could tell these kids all this stuff. And then honestly, like they would feel pretty bad about them yeah, at the end absolutely. of the day because mm -hmm. they would be like, well, I know this information, but I can't change anything. Yeah. And my parents, you know, they can, they can go home and try to explain that stuff to them, um, but like, a if the parents aren't ready, mm -hmm. um, or they, you know, they're like, well, I don't know who these people are that are teaching you this. Absolutely, stuff. absolutely. So that's why, mm -hmm. you know, getting back into community work, like I really want to have that full family connection mm -hmm. because to make a change as a family, you have to be educated absolutely. as a family, absolutely, um, and get the decision makers involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know how my sister is going to do that to pull her kids. She's making the changes, but then how do you kind of weave that into, um, and switch that up, you know, from what you've been doing 
versus, um, you know, what you're moving into for the entire family, you know? Um, so in your experience, have you had people struggle with those types of things? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and kind of how did they navigate it? That's really hard to navigate because everyone's coming from a different place. Like maybe mom is super concerned. um, So like her why, her reason for wanting to do this is super strong. Um, Whereas the kids are like, whatever, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not excited about this. Um, So navigating that, that's I guess where coaching comes in. It's getting to know each person individually and figuring out. So like maybe the kid feels fine, but maybe what's important to them is football. Yeah. Um, so saying, okay, well, if you're choosing these foods over these foods, this is how it's going to improve. I've definitely had those conversations with families, Mm -hmm. um, my friends and family, um, because lots of sports families and they don't think so finding what resonates with them and what excites them and really adding those, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, that's where like you have to bridge the gap between Mm -hmm. just overall education versus the one-on-one experience. I think that's where I've. I just come in like a. Oh, me too. I was telling you that I prefer. Which is why I almost got put out of my family. (laughs) You almost get put out that way. But now they're healthy. (laughs) Yes. Because you do, you're so concerned. And I think they take that. um, Because we are wellness people, I think they take our. um, The constant concern. you're coming at us all the time, but it's really worry and concern um, yeah. because I know, you know, some of my history with my family, my sister um, struggled with breast cancer and then my mom helping her and then losing my aunt last year. Um, uh, I just know that things could have been different and should have been different. Um, and I know that food played or could have played a huge part. Um, and it has for my mother and yeah. um, her just getting better and feeling better and being better. And so I think sometimes that gets um, misconstrued. Um, it may have. Um, it gets misconstrued. <laughs> you know, just people don't know what to do, you know. So, anywho. Well, yeah. Um, and do we need to check on that? Oh, my word. Did it die? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, at least we're recording audio. Um, so... You're saying about, oh, um, so like a note to health coaches, um, this is something I super struggled with for the majority of my career so far, (laughs) Um, in in which my health coaching journey actually started with my dad, Um, and and like I've met so much resistance with my mom, again, love you mom, Um, (laughs) but uh, it's easy when you care so much about somebody to have this like, I need you to be healthy because you're you're worried about missing them you don't want to see them suffering you don't want any of these things to happen and it's not like about you like you want them to feel better because you care but it can be taken in a different way as in like uh you know i know better than you i am yes. authority on this and yes. that's really intimidating and like well i'm a big sister and so i come with that anyways yeah. so <laughs> So I think that's been a huge shift for me. You think you know everything. Yes. Well, and okay, we do have some info (laughs) that really does work because science, but um, trying to change, like shift the narrative in how you're talking to people about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um, is a huge part of that. So um, just really, you know, focusing on their motivation. And 
because once you get to their why, then the emotion is there for them. Let's tap into that. Yes. All right, we had some technical difficulties here, people. Sorry about that. Um, but Colleen, can you um, kind of share a little bit more about, um, we talked um, before, Colleen visited before, and I may share some of this on a um, on a different podcast or maybe one and two, I don't know, because I feel like she always has so much to share. Um, but definitely sustainable nutrition, and that was something that we talked about. Um, it was a term that I saw um, in the news. It's kind of a hot topic. Um, but I think you can go in so many directions when you're thinking about sustainable nutrition. But if I'm thinking about sustainable nutrition practices right now, um, I would be thinking about what people are doing while they're at home during the pandemic, struggling and trying to manage chronic health conditions, uh, and they're wanting to make changes and they're trying to use food um, to really help change some things for them. Um, how do they sustain you know, what they've been doing? What are your coaching clients doing? Um, well, I, I mean, asking what they feel is sustainable, number one, because that does look different for everyone. So um, common questions might be, is it sustainable for you right now to feel like shit all the time? <laughs> is it sustainable for you to pay for all the medications that you're paying for mm -hmm, right now? Mm -hmm. um, would it be easier to filter, you know, and it may take a little bit of an extra investment at first as you're going through the changes, but um, would it be more sustainable to make the health changes so that you can start to cut back on the medications uh, you're spending so much money on and then the doctor bills and all that stuff. Um, would it be more sustainable to filter that money or at least you know, just a part of it because I would really doubt that it would cost as much because medications are really expensive generally. Um, would it make more sense to be more sustainable to filter that into food? Um, is it sustainable for you to take care of your family that you care so much about right. when you struggle to even get out of morning, mm -hmm. when your thoughts are completely overtaken by the pain and discomfort that you're feeling. Um, you know, like, are you, are you mentally checked in with your family? <laughs> um, it's it, usually the answer is no, like none of these things are going to be sustainable for me long term. So, um, making things more sustainable, like how to do that, um, goes back to that whole, uh, st well, starting with what you know you already like and mm -hmm. then making changes within that. Yeah. So, um, you know, like simple switch to brown rice instead of white rice, like doing all these things that are relatively easy changes, um, ma making them sustainable, making them normal, um, and then just moving from there not trying to do everything at once, um, that would be... And I do think that's exactly what people do. They jump in head first, um, feet first, well, just whole body, mm -hmm. and just really try to take it to the moon. And while we appreciate you wanting to, you know, give your best, I think it, people need to remember that it really is baby steps. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's, you said something great when you said, give, give yourself grace, allow yourself some grace. And to know that you're, this is a trial, you're trying to figure out what is going to work for you, what is not going to work for you, and it's going to be okay, and any improvement is yeah. 
great. Well, and one thing that came to mind too, um, I would say especially for mothers or just caretakers in general, whoever mm -hmm. they may be, um, a lot of them struggle with feeling like making health changes uh, is selfish. Mm. So, um, in that case, if you are one of those people who feels like, oh, you know, if I put extra time into trying to figure this stuff out or like cooking better for myself, whatever, um, it's going to take away from my family. Well, make them the reason why you're trying to create a more sustainable diet because will it be sustainable for your family in the long run to be taking care of you if you don't mm. get your health under yes, control? Yes, yes. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really, thank really you. appreciate it. Anything you want to leave us with? Any other information you want to share with us and let us know about? Um, I, I think really, um, the, the main takeaway would just be like we were just saying, um, if you are someone who's trying to make health changes, start with one thing at a time, give yourself grace, know that you are going to mess up. <laughs> uh, we are all humans. It is a part of it. And, um, when you mess up because you will, just remember that it is a learning experience. Nobody ever accomplished anything by doing everything perfectly. Absolutely. Um, so take those moments where you do screw up as a learning opportunity and then, uh, then apply that to your next try and know that you could even fail then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, you're learning something. You're taking baby steps just like anyone else who accomplished something that they cared about. I love it. I love it. Where can we find you, Colleen? Um, so Instagram would be Colleen, which is C-O-L-L-E-E-N, eats plants. Um, and then online uh, at salubriouslife.info. And salubrious is S-A-L-I-B-R-O-U-S. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. I have Visualizing. <laughs> Such a weird word. Um, actually, I didn't know what that word was I until I it. Googled it. And I was like, love well, that's it. really interesting and weird. I'll use that as my website. Um, so salubriouslife.info, not .com. Um, I guess, yeah, those are the two best things. Oh, and if you have any health-related questions, um, I, while I, you know, I'm not a dietitian, I won't answer anything specific. Like, you know, if you ask me how many grams of protein should I eat per day or whatever, I, I don't do that. Um, that's out of my scope. But if you have basic health questions, you can message me through the contact tab on my website um, or email me at ColleenEatsPlants at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of the food and nutrition information with us. Colleen is going to go into my kitchen, and we're going to look into my cabinets, I think, <laughs> to let her see what oh, I have been doing. Um, I've tried to buy lots of grains to make sure that I have them on hand. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say this word correctly, but I love it. Faro, faro. I don't even know. It's whatever either. you want. I <laughs> love it. That's one of my favorite. I eat it hot and cold. And I've done it savory and sweet. But as a base, it is amazing. I love it. Um, and so I have a cabinet full of those types of things and then other stuff. Um, but Colleen's going to take a look. So hit us back on Instagram Live and see what you can see there. 
uh, when it comes to Colleen looking into my cabinets and kind of saying, this is what you can do, because I don't eat a lot. So that's probably going to be, um, that's probably what I need is I am a grazer. I graze all day and I can be fine with if there's like, uh, when Colleen got here, I had just a board sitting on my um, my kitchen island. Well, it's just things. it's. Well, <laughs> I'd like to have stuff that I can reach for and grab for. Cause my mom, my dad always grabbed for like carrots and things like that. He's a pretty healthy eater. So just to have those things on hand, so I don't go reaching for and I don't buy candy bars and things like that. I did buy a piece of carrot cake last night, but I didn't eat it all. <laughs> Well, and that's I do okay. Have strawberries and bananas and things like that. Treats, non sheets, right? If we yeah. completely deprive yeah. ourselves. But I am a grazer, so I would just love to have your thoughts on... Because, you know, when you have all that stuff in your refrigerator, even though you have stuff, you look in the refrigerator in the cabinets, you're like, there's nothing know. here! There's nothing I want to eat here! Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> so I just need to know how to put it together, because I do see your food that you do. Um, I follow um, several other people on Instagram, and I'm like, I have all that stuff. Oh, we could talk about the infographic. Yeah. Which is on the website. Yeah. Um, infographic that shows you how to, like, basically build a meal based on just a couple food groups, kind of. Yeah, right on. So, follow us there on Instagram, um, Rona. No, that's not my Instagram. It is Road Trip, the number, Road Trip to Wellness. So, actually, it's just Road Trip to Wellness, um, not the number two, Road Trip to Wellness. And then on uh, my Email is Rona R the number two W at gmail.com or you can follow us on Facebook at Road Trip to Wellness there as well. Colleen, thanks again for being here. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Love you the most. And thanks for being here and sharing all of this information. Please look Colleen up and take care and we love you and we'll see you next time on Road Trip to Wellness.